right, welcome to Investment Banking Insights. This is the only show dedicated to helping you learn both the technical and non-technical aspects of the investment banking process. Hello, my name is Alex Mason and I am your host. Thank you so much for joining me, whether you're a new listener or a veteran listener. (laughs) I'm grateful that you're here. And you know what we're doing? We're talking about the technical aspects right now. We're going through a lot of discounted cash flow related questions, some of the more advanced questions. So some of these episodes are just a little bit longer than our usual, just a couple of minutes, just because they're just more intricate concepts that we need to explain and kind of break down further in order to understand them. But that being said, let's go ahead and get into today's question, which is this. Walk me through a dividend discount model for financial institutions. Walk me through a dividend discount model for financial institutions. Now we've talked about in the past how financial institutions are a little bit different than other types of companies. We know that we usually look at net income instead of free cash flows for them. And that kind of principle applies to this question today. And then we also have touched a little bit on dividend discount model. It's basically a different way that you can value a company than doing a standard DCF. And so let's let's go ahead now and talk about what those differences are and walk you through the steps to how you actually do this. Well, the first thing you need to know is that instead of free cash flows, we're going to use dividends paid out by the firm. Now, dividends are very commonly paid out by financial institutions, for example, banks. And that's one of their main sources of value to shareholders is the dividends they produce. So here are the steps for dividend discount model with that in mind. All right. First of all, you're going to project the earnings of the company and calculate your earnings per share. So you have your financial institution project out your profits not necessarily your free cash flows, but your profits, and then divide it by the shares outstanding to get your earnings per share, also known as EPS. Okay, so now you're going to assume out of that earnings per share, you're going to assume a certain payout ratio for dividends. This is called the dividend payout ratio. And what that is, is just a certain percentage of the profits that get paid out as dividends. That's all that it is. So it's some kind of percentage from zero to 100%. Sometimes it's actually over 100% if a firm is paying more than its profits in dividends, and that's usually a very bad situation. (laughs) But typical payout ratios are much lower. For example, as I'm recording this in the fourth quarter of 2023, JP Morgan's dividend payout ratio is 28%. So that's pretty stable. That means that for every $100 that JP Morgan makes in profit, it's sending out $28 of that to its owners as dividend checks. So now that you have the earnings and the dividend payout ratio, calculate the amount of dividends that you think will be paid out over the coming five to 10 years in the future. And this time period, it's the same thing as the typical DCF step that we've talked about in the past. We're just using dividends here instead of free cash flows. So go ahead and take your payout ratio and multiply it by 
the earnings per share that you think you're going to see in years one, two, three, four, five, six, et cetera. And then that gives you the amount of dividends that you think you're going to have for each of these years. Now, there's one important caveat to note at this step that's specific to financial institutions. Now, you have to make sure that the firm meets something called a tier one capital ratio. And this is a standard in the financial world that basically has to be met. And there's other capital ratio standards other than this tier one capital ratio as well. But I'll just go ahead and define what the tier one capital ratio is. So it's an equation. The tier one capital is equivalent to a bank's equity plus its disclosed reserves. And then all of that divided by your total risk weighted assets. So equity of the bank plus disclosed reserves, all of that divided by total risk weighted assets. And the key word here being risk weighted. <laughs> so essentially a bank can't have too much debt relative to the rest of its capital structure. And it can't have a lot of risky, quote unquote, risky assets either. And there are certain thresholds for these ratios that were put in place after the 2008 financial crisis. I believe this specific capital ratio was put in place in the year 2010. And that's because in 2008, 2009, banks around the world were failing, particularly in the US, there was a global financial crisis. And so there were some new standards that were put in place to help prevent this in the future. Essentially, banks, you need to have a certain amount of capital that's weighted on risk, that's good. Because if you don't meet those ratios, you won't be able to pay out dividends to your shareholders. And so that's the connection between this ratio and other similar ratios and our dividend discount model. So if the bank does not meet these ratios in your future projections when you're doing this out, you have to reduce the dividends within your dividend discount model. They will not be allowed to be paid otherwise like literally legally not allowed to pay, be paid out. So that's another caveat here. So let's say that you've went ahead and did this. You've calculated your EPS, your payout ratio, and you've projected your dividends out over the coming five to 10 years. What do you do next? Well, what do we do in a normal DCF once we get to this point? We projected out our cash flows. Well, we have to discount them back to the present. And so that's exactly what we're going to do here, except again, because we're dealing with financial institutions and a dividend discount model, the flavor of how we do it is just slightly different. Instead of discounting it back using our weighted average cost of capital, our discount rate is just going to be our cost of equity. We're talking about dividends here, not free cash flow. And dividends get paid from our earnings per share, right? That's where they come from. And earnings per share, per share, we're referring specifically to the equity of the financial institution. So that's kind of why we're doing this. So we want to discount using just the cost of equity. Now that we do that, what do we do after that? Well, we have to calculate the other piece of this model, which is our terminal value. And we calculate the terminal value of the financial institution based on the final year's book value or its price to book value. And the reason we use book value, book value is just your assets minus your liabilities, essentially, you know, what's on the books. <laughs> 
and not accounting for market value or anything like that. And this is more relevant for financial institutions such as banks because a bank, a bank's, how do I explain this? A bank's <laughs> economically, it's essentially based on leverage. And so its balance sheet is much more important for valuing the firm overall than maybe another type of company that has a completely different economic model. Like the leverage on a bank's balance sheet, that is what's driving the actual business. So that's why book value is more relevant here. So we'll take the book value and then we'll calculate terminal value based on that. And just like in the first part of our model, we're going to discount this value back to the presence, also using cost of equity as our discount rate. So that's how we get terminal value. And then the final step, we're just going to add these two things together. That's all we're going to do. <laughs> add the present value of the dividends plus the present value of the terminal value. And that's going to get you your net present per share value of the firm. And there you have it. That, my friends, is the dividend discount model for financial institutions. It's a little bit nuanced, as you can tell. There's a lot of different little pieces in here that are important. But essentially, that's how you do it. So yeah, that's the dividend discount model for financial institutions. And just you got to keep in mind those little nuances because they really do matter. And, you know, it just kind of highlights this whole idea that banks and other financial institutions, they're really different types of businesses. And so they should be treated differently when we model out cash flows, in this case, dividends, because it does have a big effect on the end result. Okay, so that's what I got for you today here on Investment Banking Insights. I hope you're having an incredible, incredible day, and I'll see you next time.